Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message. Our hope is that you would not only feel inspired, but that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. I want to introduce our guest preacher for today. He is not a guest. He is family. If you were with us on Palm Sunday at the Granada Theater, you know what you are about to experience because Pastor Joel Tudman is in the building, y'all. As a matter of fact, do me a favor right now. Would you stand to your feet? He is an incredible pastor, leader, father. He's my cousin. I call him the theological Thanos, the homiletical Hulk. Uh, He's not just big in stature, but he's got a big heart and he's an incredible minister of the word of God. You are going to be blessed today. One of the greatest preachers breathing, Bishop T.D. Jakes, when he looks for somebody to fill his pulpit, he calls Pastor Joel Tudman. That's the level of ministry you're about to experience. So social, you know how we do. We're expecting, we are ready to receive. Would you put your hands together and make some crazy loud noise for Pastor Joel Tudman? Praise God. You may be seated. I have my wife with me. I have two of my daughters with me. I love them. Thank you all for traveling with me. Will you wave so they can see you? Please, please, please. Your pastor is my first cousin, and uh, we love each other. Aunt Evelyn, Uncle Robert, I love them. Love the children, Nathan, Amanda. They are amazing people. They have been, we've been together forever. So I guess I might as well say that forever. Amen. We've been together forever. And it is a privilege, Ashley. And it is a privilege. I didn't forget. I didn't forget. It's a privilege to come speak for your pastor. Uh, Your pastor is one of the world's greatest communicators. And we bless God for his ministry. You are proof of what the Lord has put inside of him and his lovely bride. So we thank God. I won't be before you long, but I do want to teach something to you today. I'm going to try to attempt to do it in a Bible study format. Uh, I want to go to Matthew 11, 28 through 30. The worship was like killer, wasn't it? I guess it wasn't. I guess it wasn't. It was killer. Like if I could see I, I would do that, but I can't remember lyrics. So God has to always give me like prophetic songs because I can't remember. And if the people working the screen don't put them up, I won't know them. So I don't sing like that. But there's this one song like, uh, what is it by Ty Tribute? It's like a, it's a hum. Can y'all lift your hands and sing it with me? It goes like this. I'll do it first, then you join with me. You are. Hallelujah. You remember that? You are. Come on, say it with me. Come on. You are. Yeah. Hallelujah. You are. Now, if you don't believe it, don't sing it. Come on now. Yeah, come on. Come on, raise it up and sing it. 
say hallelujah. Hallelujah. There you go. Don't even say you are good, just hallelujah. Whoa. Whoa. Hallelujah. Whoa. 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 I want to see who has the loudest hallelujah over here. simple text today. It's a simple topic called me. M-E. Me. Everybody shout that. Me. I want to teach me. I want to set the text in context and then we'll go forward. In this particular text, Jesus is wanting the people to know that he has authority. And there's been this, this way of communicating to God through the Old Testament, the seed of Moses, Abraham, the Pentateuch, the Torah, that I'll go to God this way. Jesus is on the scene trying to get them to understand that there is a way to understand the Father besides that way. And he says, and that way is through me. He says, that way is through our relationship. And so he's trying to get them to understand that there's a way of understanding the Father through me. They knew the Father through the yoke of the law. 
but they've not experienced him through the yoke of grace. So Jesus is trying to get them to figure out and to understand that no one knows the Father like me. No one knows the Son like the Father, that we have this unique relationship. And even in that uniqueness, there's several scriptures that Jesus uses in the, in the New Testament where you'll see him say things like, uh, uh, when you see me, you see the Father. You would hear him say, no one come to the Father but by me. You hear him say, if any man thirst, let him come where? Unto me and drink. There is a power in me. Someone say, there's a power in me. Now, when I looked up me and I, I didn't have to because I'm old. I'm old enough to know what me means, do you? Without having to Google it. So I Googled it anyway. So I said, I'm going to Google me and see what comes up. <laughs> and it messed me up. When I read it, y'all, me is a disease. <laughs> Did y'all know that? It's a disease. Look at your name and say, I hope you ain't got that me. <laughs> if you do, move away from me. It's a disease. I was, I was shocked. Look at the definition. A medical condition of unknown cause with fever, aching, and prolonged tiredness and depression. Some of y'all got that me. <laughs> Typically occurring after a viral infection. But it's also called chronic fatigue syndrome. I learned that, I feel educated that I did that. It's funny, but some of us got that. Chronically fatigued, depressed, and aching. Because there's a part of me that hasn't had rest. And that's what I came to teach to. I came to preach to that part of you, that me that hasn't come to Jesus. See, there's a me sitting in this room that preaching on the stage does nothing for. That's performance. Playing the organ, playing the drums, the guitar, ushering, using cameras and the soundboard, dancing out in front of the church. All of that is beautiful, it's wonderful, but we've learned how to come to church without coming to Tim. And I came in here today to preach to all the me's that are sitting in this room, the me that's an alcoholic, the me that's gambling. I'm talking about an addiction to gambling, where you're using your house money to take a chance. I'm talking about the me that when it goes online, it ends up in pornography, that me. I'm talking about the me that can't stand his wife. I'm talking about the me that can't stand his husband. I'm talking about the me that is an abuser, verbally and physically. Because that me is always covered. 
that me puts on a suit, that me gets his house, his, his hair or her hair done, that me has on jewelry, that me looks wonderful, that me has friends, and that me is connected to people that don't even recognize the me that's starving. Because I can be rich, I can have money, I can have a beautiful home, but the me has never been dealt with. Because nobody wants to expose me. I don't want the real me to come to church. I don't want the real me, the, the real testimony, the real thing that God has saved me from. People may not like me. They may not want to partner with me. They may not want to hear me lead worship. They may not want to hear me preach. They may not want to partner with me. If I bring that me to the altar, so I'll cover that me and I'll bring the other me, the lesser me, the me that has stuff that everybody deals with. The me that if I expose that, maybe they'll be okay because they'll say everybody deals with that. That me that if I, if I expose that me, then every, I'll still get the promotion and everything will still be okay. No one will be embarrassed of me. She'll still marry me. My children will still respect me. We could still be over there and all of our me's will be okay. So we settle for that me. And we start preaching. And we start ushering, greeting. And we start playing music and we start running all of the things in the church and we're on the executive board and, and we're, on the, we're on the board and we're, we're on everything in the church because you can come to church without exposing me. And so you turn 25 and then you turn 30 and you turn 35 and you turn 40, you turn 50. And you look in the mirror and you still see the 20 year old me that's been waiting on you to say, when are you going to take me to Jesus? You took everything else. You worshiped with everything else, but you left me. And I've been taunting you for the last 25 years of your life. That's who I'm talking to. And that may not be everybody, but God sent me on assignment for those me's in this room. And let me tell you something. This is a me society. Look at me. Didn't you hear me? Didn't you see me? Talk to me. What's wrong with me? Why did you leave me? Don't you want me? What's going on with me? See, the truth is, as beautiful as that person is sitting next to you and as paid as they are, some of them have the exact same feelings that I'm describing. She doesn't want me. What's wrong with me? And as masculine as you look, and as cut up 
up as you are and as much as you work out and as many women look at you and say you are sexy, you still look in the mirror and say, what is wrong with me? As good as you articulate your words, your phrases, as, as high as you are with your education, as high as you are in the world, in the, in the business that you're, that you're in, and you still want to know what's wrong with me. This is a me world. And it is quite normal. It is quite normal for you to come to church and leave me at home. But I came in here today to dare you to bring me to the altar today. Yeah. Lay your hands on yourself and say, me, it's time for a change. I can see some of you that don't even want to touch yourself. Me is so strong, you can't even touch yourself. It's a stronghold. I want you to grab your own hand, if you gotta pick it up, and put it on your chest, and say, me, get better. Now, that's a decision that you have to be willing to make. Because the first thing you got to do, if we're going to continue in this season of rest that you're dealing with, that part of you needs to be put to sleep. That part of you has not rested. See, a sabbatical won't kill me. It'll rest your body. You can get creative. You can come back with many ideas. You can come back ready on fire and ready to give God the glory. But me still there. Me is still, it's that thorn in the flesh that's sitting there waiting on you to return to call her. Waiting on you to return to pick up crack. Waiting you on return to pick up that alcohol. It's still there. So a sabbatical does not cure the disease of me. So God wants to know, are you willing to flip the normal, to shatter the normal, and bring me to me? What do you mean, me to me? Because the text says, come unto me. There was a me and me, and God is trying to get that audience to understand, I am the me that you're looking for. But I need the me to meet with me. I have exposed who I am to the point that I have become the word made flesh to dwell amongst you. So I have brought a me that you can recognize in the flesh to understand, to dwell amongst you. So it looks just like you. I am God tabernacling amongst you in the earth. So I put a me in the earth for you to recognize that it's okay for the real me to show up. I wish I had a real witness in here today. Somebody that needs God to go in and stir that me that's on the inside. Can somebody shout hallelujah? It's a me, it's a me, it's a me. So there's a me and a me, the me and the me, the meeting of the me's that he's saying, come unto me. And in order for you to get this rest, the first thing you have to do is accept yourself. You gotta accept yourself. You gotta accept it. 
there are some contradictions with you that everybody's not going to understand. And the truth of the matter is, people of God, everybody has contradictions. The same hand that went up and said, holy God, hallelujah, is the same hand that will steal, kill, and destroy. It's the same hand. There was a contradiction, you know what it's called, the flesh. And when I was a kid, brought up in the church of God in Christ, they used to tell you, kill the flesh. Crucify the flesh. Y'all heard that before? So I grew up trying to crucify that flesh. I'm still trying to crucify the flesh. And what I found out, that the folks that was telling me to kill the flesh, they still ain't killed the flesh either. So what I've come to understand and to accept is that the flesh will be with me until the day that I die. So I've got to accept this contradiction. And what is that contradiction? That I am holy and hellish. Oh, I know that just hurt somebody right there. I'm not hellish. Don't put that on me. Well, let's put you in the right environment and see what comes out of you. Now, let me explain myself so y'all put that all on social media and have me blown up. What I'm saying is, the Bible says that we have this earthen vessel. We have this treasure that's within this earthen vessel. You understand what that means? So I am flesh and spirit. And the treasure that I have is not me, it's him. But God loved me enough to drop himself in me. To get you to understand that's how valuable you really are. That I would take the divine, the holy, and drop it in the unholy. Drop it in the flesh. So you have to learn how to live in the balance. And discipline your flesh. That's what I'm talking about. The me. I got to discipline him. He ain't going nowhere. He still know how to cuss, he still know how to drink, and if he got to, he'll do what he gotta do to protect himself. He's still in there. So it takes the treasure to speak to my soul, your will, your mind, your imagination, to tell your soul you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're the first, not the last. You are the offspring of God. I need my spirit to remind my soul so my soul can tell my flesh, put your hand down. So you discipline your flesh, but you accept yourself. Hey, that, I, if, you, if you push me, I might push you back. So in order that I don't do that, I have to discipline myself because the flesh ain't going nowhere. So I got to accept that accept that contradiction and when you accept that contradiction then you realize the only goodness in me is the treasure and I give glory to God for the treasure and then I don't treat people who haven't figured out their value like they have no value they just haven't recognized what's inside of them 
And that's your job. Your job is to encourage every believer that's having a struggle with me. Tell them I've been there before. The truth is, brother and sister, I'm there right now. I just make it look good because greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. I wish I had somebody that would give God about 15 seconds of praise because he's been transforming your mind, transforming your thoughts, transforming how you see, allowing you to understand that you're not what you did, you're who I told you to be. Glory to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. So me, in the context today, is defined as a pronoun. It's used to define you or to express how you feel. So when you hear somebody talk about themselves or say me, it is a clear indicator of something that's going on. Can you hear me? Don't you understand me? You didn't see me? Why can't you, why don't you get me? That was me. There wasn't nobody else. You didn't see me? I passed you yesterday, brand new car. You didn't see me? I walked right by you in the mall. You didn't see me? You can hear what's going on internally by the expression of me. And if that is the case, I'm gonna read this to you. I'm just me. I'm not perfect, I'm me. I've made bad decisions and wrong choices, but I'm me. I've said the wrong things. I've said the right things because I'm me. I don't like everything I've done, but I did it because I'm me. I've loved the wrong people. I trusted the wrong people, and I'm still me. If I had a chance to start again, wouldn't change a thing because I'm me. There are a lot of good things about me. You just need to look past the imperfections to see what's right with me. And if you can't do that, then it's your loss because I am the best I can be. I'm me. Once you settle with who you are and what God has given you, then you can even look at your bad and understand that some good came out of it and it made me who I am. So I want you to point at someone around the room. You may not want to point to the one next to you. I don't know, you may have something against them. You may not like them, you may, whatever. Point, just point at somebody and say, there's a me in you that needs Jesus. And today, we're gonna meet him today. Tell them whatever it is, I'm going with you today because Jesus is about to do something in you today. Now, if you believe what you just pointed and believe who you just pointed to, I want you to give God praise for about three seconds and bless God for them.
Jesus said, come unto me. He's talking to me. He's not talking to Pastor Joel. He's not talking to Pastor Robert. He's not talking to any of you, whatever your titles are. Talking about the me that you won't bring. Come on to me. And because we've learned how to bring everything except the me, we've learned how to shout and worship and give God glory and still live in adultery. We've learned how to praise God, dance, lead worship, preach, and fornicate. We've learned how to run revivals and let God use us and cuss people out soon as service is over. It's so common that it's funny. But there's a certain level that you'll get to where God can't use that inconsistency. So God will let you be a wonder in your circle. And your circle will look to you and you'll feed your circle. But there's nobody to feed you. There's no one to challenge the me and you that you've left undisciplined. And so you grow old and remain the same. And your circle grows old with you, your influence remains the same. You can't reach anybody outside of your circle. But there's a me and you that needs to expand. Because that me could possibly be the key that creates many testimonies around you. Often it is the struggle that you actually share that tells somebody else, if Joel could come out of that and be who he is today, maybe there is a chance because we do overcome by the testimony. But if we never hear your testimony, then we always fail our test because we didn't know that there was somebody else that actually went through it and survived it. We need your testimony. But in order to do that, you gotta get tired of me. You gotta quit covering for me. You know, my, my daughter, one of my daughters, well actually three of my daughters got the me disease. Yeah, they got it. They got it bad. They have the disease of me. If I tell one of them, I just love you so much. Come here, give me a hug. The other one says, well, you didn't say that to me. I guess I don't mean anything to you. I love you so much. Now, don't try to tell me now. You didn't tell me at first. Then another one who I'm not gonna call no names, but she's sitting right over here. <laughs> well, I'll just stay missing for two or three days because the other ones, they're not here, they're doing their thing, and you get on the cell phone and FaceTime them and tell them I just miss you. So I'm gonna go missing for a few days and then come back and see if you miss me. What kind of mess is that? <laughs> they got the disease. Well, maybe you got that disease. 
maybe you miss the me in you so bad that you play with it. You set dates with that me. You communicate with that me. And then you stay away from that me long enough for that me to call you. And you're wondering how is my life continuing to stay in this same circle? Because you keep dating that me and playing with that me instead of doing what Jesus says, come unto me. What me? That me. I don't care how good you can sing, bring that me. I don't care how much money you have, bring that me. I want the suicidal me. I want the me that keeps trying to kill themselves. I want the me that don't think they're valuable. I want the me that can't get it together. One of the things that I'm gonna ask Jesus when I get to heaven is why did you choose me? Why you choose me? I came with a lot of baggage. Why you choose me? I did what you asked me and the other people that you made came against me. Why did you choose me? I want to know why did you choose me? But he's not going to answer that. He chose me just like he chose you. And all he's waiting on you to do. Because you cannot get this rest through sabbatical. You can only get this rest coming to him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. That tells you who he's looking for. That means I want the tired you. I want the tired me, tired of this, tired of that, tired, I'm sick and tired of it. Bring it to me. If you can bring it to me, then I'll give you rest. When he says I'll give you rest, and he's telling you that you can't get this anywhere. Doing your nails is not going to give this to you. Leaving the country is not going to give this to you. Going to a council is not going to give this to you. Nothing's wrong with any of those things because I do them all. They're all wonderful, but none of those things are going to give you this kind of rest. In other words, God's trying to give you what he calls a perpetual Sabbath. What is that? Learning how to live every day in the face of crap, trouble, trauma, issues, and understanding that I don't have to deal with this without him. That as long as he's with me, I can face every circumstance and every issue, all trauma, all disease, all decisions that have come up against me. He wants me to learn how to live a perpetual Sabbath. That means I get up in the morning thanking God that he's going to make this day an amazing day. Regardless of who comes in front of me, regardless of who tries to fire me, regardless of who tries to attack me, God is saying, I'm giving you a perpetual Sabbath. I'll give you rest. So then there's a me to me, there's an exchange. I've got to give me to him, I've got to give me to me. He says, I'll give you rest. But here's what's interesting in me. If you look at this scripture, he says, take my yoke 
Now last week, I believe Pastor Manny started talking to you about yokes. He says, take my yoke. A yoke is a wooden frame that ties two people together. So he says, take my yoke, but then he says, learn of me. So he says, I'm gonna tie myself to you because the truth of the text is, is that Jesus is the yoke. So Jesus is saying, come with me, yoke yourself with me, I'm going to give you rest. But here's what he says, that while you're with me, learn of me. Learn of me and learn about me are two completely different things. I can learn about you from somebody else. But when I learn of you, this is relationship in proximity. That we are close and revelation is stemming from our togetherness. So it's not just me coming to church, but it's me sitting into the seat with God in heavenly places, understanding that regardless of what I'm going through, no matter where I am, he's gonna sit with me. If I'm in a bad place, he's gonna sit with me. If I'm in a good place, he's gonna sit with me. If my spouse and I can't get it together, he's still gonna sit with me. There is something God wants to say to you in proximity. So he says, yoke yourself to me, tie yourself to me, and let's see what you will learn in our relationship. So the question is, what are you learning since you've been saved? If you've only learned church, you really don't have a relationship. You know how to greet? Yeah. You know how to do social media? Yeah. You know how to say, hey, good morning, church. How's it going? Yeah. But do you know how to sit down and take that me to him? Can you talk to him? Father, I'm a crack addict. Father, I cheat. Father, I don't have it together. But I need rest from this. Because the truth is I'm tired of being this way. I've pretended for long enough, and the crazy thing is, is the church is so blind that it will let you pretend, and it will elevate you in your pretense, and you will gain thousands of people and thousands of followers, and the me never be healed. He says, take my yoke. So the next thing he's saying is adhere to the instructions. I want you to take this yoke if you're tired enough and you want what I have, take it. Don't wait to get it in the perfect place. Take it. Don't look to see who's watching. Take it. Don't try to hide. Don't wait till they turn the lights off in worship. Take it. And I just came in here today to ask at least 50 of you, who's brave enough to take your healing? Who's brave enough to take your joy back? Who's brave enough to snatch everything that God says belong to you? But I don't think there's enough people in here right now. I wish I had at least a hundred of you that's tired of what's been wrecking your life, tired of what's been troubling you, tired of how it feels to pretend and show people that I got it going on, but the truth is I really don't. I'm frustrated, I'm mad, I'm broken, but God wants to know, will you take it? Somebody open up your mouth and shout hallelujah! Be seated. I'm almost done. He says, take it. Take it. Take it. I feel something on that word. Take it. Take it. 
Do you have enough influence to encourage your room? Do you have enough influence to look down your room and tell them, take it, 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 take it. There's something on that. Take it, take it, take it. But you gotta say it. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Take what you want from him. Take what you need from him. Take what you desire from him. Take what you've been praying about. Take what you need from God. God says, I'm here to give it to you, but you gotta take it. take my yoke learn of me come I'm inviting you so here's what I want you to write down rest begins where your resistance ends rest begins where your resistance ends Soon as you stop resisting that me, you can recover. As soon as you stop trying to be God of your me, you can rest with that me. Because the truth is, I'm looking at some of you in here today and you are just as happy as you can be on the outside. But there's a me in you that has not recovered for years. But your real rest is gonna to begin today. We're getting ready to break that stronghold off your life in about 10 minutes. And I believe there's about to be a deliverance that's gonna scare hell today. Because you're about to rest in a place that you haven't been able to for years. He says, come to me. So as soon as you decide to bring me to me, your rest can begin. Write this down. Rest isn't restricted to the perfect. It's available to all those who will receive it. If you're waiting for, for things to be perfect, you'll never rest. How can it be when you're burying me? That me is alive. So you can bury it all you want. You can't bury it deep enough for it to come back. So you've got to understand that this rest isn't restricted for the perfect. It's for those of us who will be honest and say, I did it or it happened to me. I can't control it. But what I need is for God to deliver me because I'm sick of this me. There's some of you that are suffering and you're heavy laden, you're super heavy spiritually. And today is your day to meet me. Who do I mean by meet me? I'm not talking about me physically. I'm talking about the one that's commanding the scripture. There is a me that is standing spiritually today saying, come unto me. And when you allow that me, to stand this morning, there's going to be a dismissal that's going to shift your marriage, it's going to shift your relationship with your children, it's going to shift everything in your job because you won't have the weight of the me that's been attached to your life for the last few years. Here we go. Now, God doesn't specify what the burden is, and he doesn't specify what heavy is, and there's a reason for that. 
Those two words are pretty much described as toil. Everybody shout toil. If do you remember in the Bible where the uh, where Peter and the guys were fishing, that they were fishing, they had been fishing all night, and then Jesus wants to have like an extra service right after they've been fishing all night, and he says, "Let me get on your boat and let me preach a little bit." And he gets on the boat, he preaches, people get saved, and then after preaching, he says, "Hey man, y'all lunch out, let's go fishing." And then Peter said, "Hey, we've been here all night, and uh, we ain't caught nothing." He had an attitude, like some of y'all. We ain't caught a thing, and I don't want to go out here fishing no more. And I'm just telling you like it is. I know you God and all in the flesh, but I'm tired. But you know what he says after that? But if you say so, nevertheless, I'll lunch out. So they lunch out into the deep. And the Bible says, he says, throw the net back out there. They throw it out and they catch more fish than they've ever caught in their life. How do you describe that? The text says that they toiled all night. The reason why I'm bringing this up is to tell you, you were, your life was never designed for you to toil. Do you understand that? You were never designed to toil Monday through Sunday. Sunday through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, your life was never designed to toil. But as soon as you rest on his word, Peter gets everything out of his spirit and then he says, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. That's what your me needs. Whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Your me needs to stand and say, if you tell me to lunch out, I'll lunch out. If you tell me to go to sleep, I'll go to sleep. If you tell me to move to Dallas, I'll move to Dallas. If you tell me to get up and go feed them, I'll feed them. There is a miracle attached to your obedience in the word of God. And when Peter said, I'll lunch out, Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. He began to rest on the word of God. And what happened? The word went to work. The word start telling the fish, come up over here. Come up over here. Cause the net's been in the same place it's been in all this time. So God's word say, come here to this boat. Come here to this boat. Come here to this net. And that's what God wants to do for your mind, your will, your imagination, your emotions. He wants to tell peace, come here. Joy, come here. Happiness, come here. Whatever it is that you need, come here. He said, if you come unto me, I'm getting ready to give you something that you've been trying to do on your own. That's why you keep dating the same people. Because you're doing it on your own. That's why you keep having the same experiences. Because you're doing it on your own. And God sent me in here today to tell you, rest. I'm giving you a perpetual sabbatical. Because I am about to do to you what I did to Peter. There's about to be a change in your life that is so drastic that your blessing is going to cause you to recruit people to help you with the leftovers. Oh, I wish I had somebody here today. Play softly. The last one I'm giving you is anticipate his intervention. Anticipate it. If I come to him, expect him to do what he says he's going to do. 
if you believe in the same God I believe in, then you believe that God is the epitome of rest. Jesus Christ in flesh shows you what it's like to walk the earth in front of all types of troubles, sicknesses, and diseases to live in rest. You need to meet me. I want everybody to stand there. Me is here. Who is me? Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. God wants to hand you rest. Every head's bowed. There is at least 75 of you that are sick of the me that you've been dragging around. And if you're bold enough, I want you to get out of your chair and come down here with me. And I want you to move fast. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Quick. Quick. I'm tired of me. We need to make this way, that's fine. Tired of me. Let him in. Pastor, is it okay? Where'd he go? Those of you that's, why don't y'all make your way up here behind me? Because I want those here. Come on, get close. Come, 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 come. I'm tired of me. Come. Come. I want you close. I'm tired of me. Jesus. I'm tired of me. Make room. As they move, I want you to come closer. Come closer. I'm tired of me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Those that are tired, come, 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 come. I'm tired. Close this space. Tired of me. Come on. Oh. I'm tired of me. We still got people in the aisle. I'm tired of me. I want a circle. Those of you that are out there, point your hands toward these people. I'm tired of me. Y'all come, 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 come. I don't want them in the aisle. I want them close. Come, come. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of me. Lift your hands. Ooh, I'm tired of me. There's a me in you that God wants to deliver this morning. I'm tired of me. And I don't know what it is that you're dealing with, but I can feel in the spirit there's some of you that have been wrestling with your self-worth. That me you've been dragging around. Suicide is heavy in here this morning. Tired of me? Come on. And you're trying to figure out self-identity. Who am I? You've got a phenomenal career, but you still don't know who you are because you've tied who you are to what you do. But I believe God's about to break that stronghold off of your life this morning. Lift your hands and say these words. Say it. 
I'm tired of me. You gotta get it out of you. Come on, say it. Come on, say it. I'm tired of me. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, I'm tired of me. I'm tired of this, God. I'm tired of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of cussing. I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of, of talking to myself and saying things that are degrading. I'm tired of my circle. I'm tired of my selections. I'm tired of the stuff that I'm watching. There needs to be a renovation in my life. I'm tired. I'm about to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let them feel your power. Let them feel your hand to know that you are a real God and that there is about to be a transformation in their mind today. That's it. As you begin to cry out to God, I want you to release a praise out of your mouth. Wind is pneuma. And as you release that wind, you're letting Satan know you may be the prince and power of the air, but not my air. Because I'm commanding the spirit of God to flow free in my atmosphere. When I count to three, you release a praise. And there's about to be a disruption in the spirit. One, two, three, hey! Oh my, my, oh, hey, my.
Where's your, where your pray, prayer warriors at? I know you got a prayer team here, right? Because I, I can't get to the, all of these people. I want you to agree with them, please, before we walk out of here. Just touch them. Just touch and agree with them. Agree as touching. Some of these on the front row I haven't touched, but there are the others in the second and the third row. Just agree with them. Just agree with them. Just agree with them. You're not going back home with that same thing on your mind. We're breaking that thing today. You're not going back with that. The devil is alive. I refuse to let you go back. I refuse to let you go back. You are too valuable to God. You're too valuable to this church. You're too valuable to this mission. You don't have to drag that stuff around anymore. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of me. That's it, people of God, cry out to him. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm tired of me. That's it, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm tired of me. That's it, people of God. Let him touch you. Let him touch. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. I'm tired. Come on, come on. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. Yeah. I'm tired. It says, I'm bringing this nastiness to you. I'm not taking this back. I'm leaving this me with you. And I'm going back a better me. I want you to hear this in the message version. And after I read it, those of you who love Jesus, blow the roof off of this place with praise. Are you tired? Worn out? burned out on religion, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Come on, give God glory. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Remember, when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to being social.